Hello, wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arkli and this is today's Tech Briefing. Later in the program, I'll be speaking to Yashas Karnam, Chief Operating Officer of Bellatrix Aerospace in Bangalore, about his company's ambition to build an Uber pool for satellites and make an environmentally sustainable rocket fuel as well. That's after these headlines. India's Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology has once again directed WhatsApp to withdraw the update to its privacy policy announced in December that became effective on May 15th. In a letter to WhatsApp on Tuesday, the ministry has given the instant messaging platform provider seven days to offer a satisfactory response. Failure to do so, the ministry warned, will prompt lawful measures TechCrunch reported yesterday. In December, WhatsApp announced an update to its policies on how user data related to their interactions with businesses will be shared with Facebook. The announcement caused a fair amount of confusion and a backlash as well, which led WhatsApp to delay asking people to agree to the updated policy by three months from the original date of February 8th. Earlier this week, WhatsApp's lawyers confirmed in a Delhi High Court that the company will eventually start blocking users who don't comply with its update. WhatsApp is being challenged in court in India, where the absence of a privacy protection law like Europe's GDPR is seen to be helping the Facebook unit to push through with the update. In fulfillment of its sovereign responsibility to protect the rights and interests of Indian citizens, the government of India will consider various options available to it under laws in India, the Electronics Ministry's letter reads, according to TechCrunch. Google, which is heavily invested in in artificial intelligence technologies, is also spending billions of dollars to build a quantum computer by 2029, the company announced at its ongoing I.O. conference. Such a computer could one day perform very large-scale calculations at speeds that are impossible with today's most powerful computers and without mistakes, according to Hartmut Niven, a distinguished scientist at Google who oversees the company's quantum AI program, the Wall Street Journal reported. Google recently opened an expanded California-based campus focused on quantum computing. We are at this inflection point, Niven said, according to the journal. He has been researching quantum computing at Google for the last 15 years. We now have the important components in hand that make us confident we know how to execute the roadmap. Google's chief executive, Sundar Pichai, announced the the timeline and introduced new Google Quantum AI campus in Santa Barbara County on Tuesday at the annual developer conference. Quantum computing represents a fundamental shift because it harnesses the properties of quantum mechanics and gives us the best chance of understanding the natural world, Pichai said at the I.O. event being held online this year. During its annual 5G summit, Qualcomm Technologies announced its new Snapdragon 778G 5G mobile platform, which is slated to power upcoming high-tier smartphones, meaning premium mid-range phones from Honor, iQ, Motorola, Oppo, Realme, and Xiaomi. Snapdragon 778G is designed to deliver cutting-edge mobile gaming and accelerated artificial intelligence to enable stunning photo and video experiences the company said in a press release yesterday. Snapdragon 778G was developed to address the growing demand by global original equipment makers for more platform options in the high tier. Kedar Kondap, 
Vice President of Product Management at Qualcomm said in the release, Snapdragon 778G brings many of the latest premium technologies and features into the high tier to help make next generation experiences more broadly accessible, he said. The smartphones running on the 778G 5G chip will be in the market in the coming months. Remember Hugo Barra, the ex-Googler who went to Xiaomi and then brought those smartphones to India as head of Xiaomi's international operations? He played a strong role in the initial years that Xiaomi became a rage among fans in India. Four years ago, he went to Facebook to lead its Oculus VR and AR unit. Barra has now quit Facebook, he wrote in a recent public post on the social networking platform. Here are some excerpts from what he wrote. Looking back at what we accomplished together with Oculus Go, Quest and Quest 2, I'm truly beyond proud and I'm equally excited about what's yet to come, starting this year with the launch of Facebook's Smart Glasses in partnership with Ray-Ban, which will begin connecting the dots from today's VR headsets to tomorrow's AR glasses. So what's next? I've been thinking a lot about what's happened in the last year as the world navigates this pandemic. I believe society is still poorly equipped with the tools people need to really understand our health and gain control over our health outcomes. Inspired by this reflection and after working in tech for over 20 years, I've decided to try something completely different to dive into the deep unknown for me and explore the healthcare technology space. I hope to be able to apply what I have learned from working in the consumer tech industry to help solve meaningful problems in the healthcare world. Looking forward to sharing more soon, Hugo Barra wrote in his post. Bellatrix Aerospace is a space technology startup in Bangalore building a new generation of satellite thrusters and a vehicle powered by these thrusters that will act as a taxi, taking multiple satellites to their designated orbital positions, a bit like an Uber pool for satellites, according to Yashas Karanam, co-founder and COO of Bellatrix. Yashas spoke to me about how soon Bellatrix might be able to commercialize its products as early as next year, if all goes according to plan. Here's what he had to say. So Yashas, uh, welcome to the show and thank you for making time for this. Uh, my pleasure to be on this show. Thanks, sir. Right. So uh, you are building electric rockets, but uh, before we get to that, uh, tell us a bit about how you and Rowan started uh, Bellatrix Aerospace. So we started Bellatrix while we were at college. So we were working on this uh, exciting project, which uh, should have been our ticket to probably a Ivy League university outside India. And uh, then we realized that we were working on something very exciting and there is a lot of market potential. I personally wanted to uh, get into entrepreneurship at some point of time in my life. And Rohan always wanted to build his own platform to uh, build more and more exciting uh, projects going forward that are going to shape the way industry is going to change in the future. Mm. So we decided anyway, we were young and it was the right time for us to like uh, try out and build a company. Mm. So that's uh, with that objective, we just started out uh, while we were at college. So the initial effort started in 2012, but as a company, we incorporated in 2015. So mm. that's how we started out. And I think after we started out, we got a very good push from ISRO in the form of a first of its kind uh, contract that we have with them. Mm. And uh, ever since it's been a great journey working with ISRO, learning from them on how ISRO qualifies uh, their technologies for space application. Mm. 
and further i think uh, we have also raised some capital which has helped us now in scaling up and i think very soon we'll be entering the commercial market outside india also mm-hmm. so the dream is to like build world class products from india and uh, be a global player in the area of satellite propulsion Brilliant. and so, i think going forward with uh, satellite propulsion is just the first step now we are transitioning into a space logistics company where mm-hmm. we are going to help satellites reach orbits in different ways which are going to be more cost effective and uh, also more flexible in terms of the orbits that satellites can reach uh, through this approach so mm-hmm. this will be like a uber pool in space so this is also something very exciting that is happening at pelatrix now mm-hmm. Okay, so so let's get some of the uh, background about what you started out building. Uh, so you build electric rockets. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So uh, when you say electric rockets, these are not the PSLV or the SpaceX Falcon kind of rockets that you see. Right. So these are propulsion systems which lie inside a satellite. Hmm. So a satellite requires a propulsion system. to change its orbit in space that is to basically move in space like our cars require engines to move on earth satellites require propulsion systems to move in space mm. and that is one functionality and secondly once a satellite is in its own orbit you need to constantly check and monitor and maintain your orientation towards the earth and the solar parallel orientation towards the sun Mm-hmm. and for all these orientation checks and balances you need a propulsion system that is going to make minor corrections and keep your uh, satellite rightly inclined throughout its entire orbital life so the satellite life can vary between maybe like 2 years all the way to 15 years mm-hmm. so throughout your entire life you need a propulsion system that needs to keep it there and uh, your question on electric propulsion traditionally the satellites used the kind of propulsion system called the chemical propulsion Mm-hmm. and uh, when you say chemical propulsion how it works is it's a mini tiny version of rocket the actual pslv type rocket which sits inside a satellite where you have a fuel and oxidizer and both of them combust together and um, that and expel mass out in the form of flames and that is going to push the satellite in the opposite direction that is how a traditional satellite is going to be propelled it is called chemical propulsion Mm. but the disadvantage with this kind of chemical propulsion is that the amount of uh, thrust that you can generate or i mean the amount of uh, mileage that you can generate or how long your satellite can be pushed with the help of this propulsion system that is solely dependent on the amount of fuel that you carry for mm. your satellite to do more maneuvers in space you need to carry more fuel mm. Uh, so it's something linearly dependent like that so mm. we were looking at uh, newer technologies which can actually change that equation completely and one such exciting technology domain that we have picked up and specialized is called electric propulsion with electric propulsion you need just a fraction of the fuel that you require so if i take example of a 3 and 1/2 ton satellite just for our understanding in a 3 and 1/2 ton satellite if it were to be propelled by a chemical propulsion system you would require about 2 tons of fuel now you look at the same 3 and 1/2 ton satellite and equip it with electric propulsion instead of 2 tons of fuel you would just require about 250 kilograms of fuel okay. so that's a massive reduction in the amount of fuel that you require because here you don't burn fuel here you use electric energy that is available on satellites through solar panels and convert that into a form of energy and propel uh, in fact ionize particles and through this uh, achieve a plasma state and through this plasma state of particles you expel them at extremely high velocities and generate thrust 
so you can imagine the kind of impact that it would have if you are reducing the amount of fuel and having that free space to fill in more revenue generating electronics more transponders more better cameras so you get much more return on investment from a satellite so instead of uh, sending one satellite with maybe uh, x amount of payload uh, you can fill the same satellite with uh, 3x to 4x amount of payload so instead of 3 4 satellites you can do that job with a single satellite and th- these are the uh, the microwave plasma thrusters that you are developing here bellatrix we started out with microwave plasma thrusters which was our f- first product mm. and also we got this contract with istro for the same product but uh, eventually we realized that in the market uh, every satellite is different and there are different sizes of satellites and different mission requirements mission complexities mm. so if you look at it you would start from the smallest satellite which is a nano satellite of about 1 kg mm. and then you go all the way up to satellites which weigh even up to 10000 kilograms or mm. 10 tons mm. you can't stick with one propulsion technology like maybe our microwave plasma thruster and say i am going to offer cater to the entire market with that so mm-hmm. as a company it is our natural evolution to grow and like uh, cater to the entire gamut of satellite requirements mm-hmm. so we uh, learned this early on with our initial discussion with some of the potential customers in europe we realized that uh, there is scope for a company which has multiple product portfolios mm-hmm. and with that thing in mind we realized that uh, we have to work on different technologies and we came up with a lineup of four different products so for nano satellites we have something called the nano thruster which is the world's smallest propulsion system out there mm-hmm. and it's also more uh, extremely power efficient and packs in lot of pow- uh, performance for that small class so that is where we specialize and then uh, going slightly upwards we have green chemical propulsion systems when i say green the advantage is that uh, it is environmental friendly and also more cost effective and better performing than conventional propulsion systems which are very toxic and carcinogenic mm. so conventionally in satellites they use a fuel called hydrazine mm. and the problem with this conventional fuel hydrazine is mainly that it is so toxic and carcinogenic that people working on hydrazine manufacturing plants mm. they carry oxygen cylinders and wear suits which look like the actual uh, astronaut suits so uh, the, it is so sophisticated because even inhaling some amount of these fumes while production it causes cancer so with this in mind i think uh, countries and uh, regulating agencies are gradually putting a ban on hydrazine to be used in space mm-hmm. europe was the first one to do it under the reach program which was a national uh, green policy they have put a ban on use of hydrazine uh, from this year onwards hmm. so end of 2021 uh, they are planning to stop the use of hydrazine on any european satellite and this is paving way for greener technologies and among greener technologies we have come up with a propulsion technology which is best in class in terms of performance we are also working very closely with the indian institute of science in uh, developing and qualifying this technology and uh, this is the second product the third and fourth products are two types of electric propulsion systems one is a hall thruster and another is a microwave plasma thruster and with these four different products we have capability to address the entire market requirements be it the smallest or the biggest satellite or any kind of mission complexity can you uh, briefly explain what a hall thruster is and what a microwave plasma thruster is 
ऑक्सीजन so uh, like that uh, there are different modes of ionization and with the help of electricity we create a plasma inside the propulsion system plasma as you know is the fifth state of matter it is like twice as hot as the sun's surface temperature the technology physics and the engineering challenges mainly lie around building a technology where uh, this plasma does not uh, come in contact with uh, any material out there because no known material on earth can withstand like uh, 12000 kelvin which mm-hmm. is twice as hot as the sun's surface temperature so that is what makes these electric propulsion systems extremely technically complicated and challenging and uh, we have been able to crack that early on and all of that by burning our fingers only because there was no expertise to this in the country and we have only been uh, working through experimentation and a lots and lots of experimentation and uh, now coming back to this tech so you ionize a particle and then accelerate it through a electromagnetic grid and then expel them out at extremely high velocities and that is like you have a gun which is firing like high speed ions and when you are firing that through a gun you get this recoil so that same recoil is what is going to help these satellites to move in the opposite direction and that is going to propel the satellites so that's how both hall thrusters and the micro plasma thrusters are working mm. and uh, you said you are close to commercializing some of these products uh, which ones and by when do you expect to commercialize them in fact uh, we are on the path to commercialize all our products and uh, the first one is going to be the hall thruster so uh, fingers crossed with respect to covid uh, let us see if the covid situation uh, like uh, gives us mercy this year end we have a launch uh, tied up with a partner and uh, it should be flying this year end and early next year uh, we'll be flying the green monopropellant thruster and the nano thruster both of them in a single launch mm-hmm. and Uh, we are also like uh, in talks with isro for their support in helping us launch a couple of these so those talks are going on and end of next year we are targeting the launch of the microwave plasma thruster okay uh, and uh, once these are actually flown in space and qualified in space we are entering the commercial market outside india and we definitely want to be a global player with uh, indian roots so that would uh, uh, hopefully if everything goes well that would start sometime through next year yes exactly hmm. and uh, you already have some customers and some uh, agreements in place right can you talk about that right i think we have a couple of customers a couple of them cannot be named because of some confidentiality hmm. but i think the ones that can be named are the first ones where uh, we are working with isro hmm. this is on electric propulsion and uh, secondly we are working with a company called satsure 
it's a interesting project where uh, satsure is uh, agritech based uh, data intelligence company Mm. where they have been in the business of using satellite imagery to provide intelligence to a lot of customers be it in the government area or the banking area or the insurance area mm. so they have been doing extremely well at that and they are also looking into some services in the in terms of disaster management assessing probably how floods are affecting areas so mm. these things are being carried out and for them one of the requirement that has come from the their customers is mainly around it it is going to i mean it is evolving in a way that uh, they can do much better in their business if they have their own satellite to uh, have seamless data like fast data more accurate and at a good price so that is where they are planning to build their own satellite constellation so we have uh, partnered with satsure and uh, with the help we have come up with a new product called the space taxi mm-hmm. i think i can just touch on that after this but uh, the space taxi is a interesting proposition where uh, we'll be flying their payloads so satsure is developing its own proprietary uh, imaging technologies and payloads we'll be flying them on our space taxi and uh, and with this collaboration we both will be going to space and working together on this constellation yeah so uh, tell us a bit more this, this is with uh, yeah this is with uh, satsure and then uh, there is another company which we have tied up so that is uh, skyroot aerospace mm-hmm. and here with uh, skyroot we uh, we use our space taxi to like uh, take some of their potential customers to specific orbits which is uh, otherwise not possible without a, i mean without a player like a space taxi coming in so that is something we are doing with skyroot and we also have tied up with druva space where uh, we are offering them propulsion systems for some of their potential client satellites and we are also working with them closely on buying certain subsystems and we also have a, a technology demonstrator mission that is in plans with uh, druva space so these are some of the collaborations that probably i can name out and uh, what's the space taxi about is it does it start from a rocket that takes the satellite to orbit or does it start once it's in orbit um, or at the initial uh, position uh, normally um, how do you probably go from uh, your house in probably bangalore to maybe some office in delhi so the normally how you go is you go to the airport and then uh, take about uh, i mean in terms of uh, this one you would probably take a flight and after you take a flight from there uh, you take a cab and that cab is going to take you to the final destination that's how you do it right so here we are trying to aggregate certain things and make transportation streamlined so this will be like a dhl in space where you are collect- i mean working with multiple partners or uh, you are working with uh, different satellite companies taking all their satellites together and okay let me start with actually the problem that we are trying to solve so normally if you want to go to space there are two ways to do it one is you go with a big launch vehicle like a spacex falcon vehicle or a slightly smaller vehicle like the isro spslv or the gslv vehicle and uh, if you are a smaller satellite maybe if you are selling uh, sending just a 50 kg 100 kg 150 kg satellite normally you don't get to choose which orbit you can go uh, the satellite would always go to the orbit which is uh, where the biggest satellite wants to go 
Hmm. Right. Uh, so a big satellite wants to go to some 550 kilometer, and you want to go to maybe uh, 800 kilometer. You can't go to 800. You will only go to 550, and you get dropped off there. Hmm. So just to avoid that problem, what is happening is uh, people used to wait for their custom launches, or people used to book a ride on a, a smaller launch vehicle. Again, the smaller launch vehicle is definitely a good option, but I think some people cannot. Uh, afford paying the high premium on a smaller launch vehicle so that is where our space taxi comes in where we work with both the small launch vehicles and the big launch vehicles and help in managing a ride where multiple satellites are going we have our own uh, space taxi or the mother satellite which is going to carry multiple smaller satellites on it Hmm. and we are going to take it to the custom orbits for all these multiple satellites for example if we are carrying five satellites on our uh, bigger satellite platform we are going to go to all these five orbits where these satellites have to operate and uh, leave them in that exact precise orbit and inclination that they want to go right that is the main advantage we are offering and in terms of cost we will be much better than conventional ways and uh, it's going to like Uh, be a win-win situation for the customers in terms of pricing, and uh, that is with respect to the space taxi. And just to put it in more simpler uh, uh, terms, this one it's like a Uber pool. So you, your main rocket is like the flight. So you take this flight, and then for for you to reach your final destination, it's like you are Uber pooling with five other players and sharing cost with them. And with our space taxi, you are going to reach your custom orbit. That mm. that's what we are going to be doing. Mm. so the, the rocket uh, will be uh, a, a rocket that's commercially available whether it's isro or aran space or uh, spacex or whichever and what you have built is something that uh, is capable of carrying multiple satellites inside it and uh, you use your uh, thrusters to get them to different orbits is that how it works uh, yes yes i think you uh, hit the nail on the head so okay. that is definitely the case so we work with multiple rocket manufacturers and uh, we uh, once they go to the primary orbit where the bigger satellite wants to go we also get deployed there mm-hmm. and f- from there we use our own propulsion system and go to maybe five different orbits that is required and with uh, and in each of these five different orbits we are going to deploy the customer satellites all right a uh, couple of last questions you uh, raised some funding in uh, mid of 2019 since then have you raised any more money and are you looking to raise more money yeah since then i think we have not uh, raised more money because i think that itself had helped us uh, so far we are <laughs> very frugal and cost effective in that regard mm. and i think uh, just uh, probably starting this month uh, we are in plans and discussions to raise more uh, capital i mm. think the something should convert soon and maybe we'll be making a formal announcement that was yashas karnam co-founder and coo of belatrix aerospace That's it for today's tech briefing. You can find all our podcasts on forbesindia.com and on Spotify. I'm Hari Arkli. Thank you for listening.